Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 3rd of February 2011. For newcomers, I advise you to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and help yourself to the audios that are there for download all for free. And remember too, you're the audience that bring me to you, so if you donate or purchase the books and discs I have for sale, that will help me keep going. I don't bring on advertisers who sell things after scaring you. I just uh, try and get some news out there and explain what's really in the news because it's always slanted, I show you, and I fill in little blank spots too, which they tend to omit, obvious on purpose. So if you want to keep this going, you can buy the books and discs I have for sale or donate to me and help me just struggle along here. It costs a lot of cash to keep this going. Remember, all the sites you see listed on the com site or the official sites, they all carry the audios, they all carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given for print-up as well. And if you want uh, transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu, which is also listed in the com site, and you can take your pick from the choice offered there. From the U.S. to Canada, if you want to order anything, you can uh, use um, personal check. You can use an international postal money order from your post office. You can send cash, and you can also use PayPal to order. Just use the donation button and follow it with an email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Uh, same across the rest of the world. You've got Western Union, of course, and uh, that's direct wire transfer. You've got MoneyGram, which gives you the option of wiring or uh, giving you a check, which you post, a lot cheaper to do, and uh, it takes about seven days to get here. You can use uh, PayPal again to order or donate, and some people use cash as well. It's up to you how you want to do it. And if you want to use PayPal, say use the donation button and follow it with an email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. On this show, as I've said so many times, to try and um, connect the dots, really, to show you that you're living in a pre-planned system, a system that knows where it's going. It's known that for quite a few hundred years, for sure, at least at least a few hundred years. We have all the philosophers from the 1800s and the clubs and the Marxist clubs that they belong to, and uh, how they all got together, worked together on different areas of society, and how the big money boys, of all people, the biggest money boys on the planet, actually funded communism uh, the playing the dialectic, they believe in constant conflict, and that's how we evolve, and we, that's how we progress, that's what they say. Very old theory, of course, and it predates Hegel by an awful long shot, and it goes back into the old ancient religions of uh, ancient days, as I say, uh, where they believed that uh, even in Egypt, the conflict, the sun was in conflict with, with the darkness of night, and that's why you have the story, of course, of... Um, Osiris and his brother Seth. Set is the sun set. When up the set, you get the darkness and all that kind of stuff. So they're always in conflict. And that was further evolved to go to all animal life competing with each other and then into uh, humans competing with each other. And that's where the whole Darwin, and Darwin philosophy came from as well. 
and the survival of the fittest, the Superman or the Soviet man, as they call it in the, in the communist countries. And we're still going through it because nothing died. It has changed their format. They're very good at being chameleons. And the same rich people are funding the merger of the two systems to standardize the same system across the world and bring in what you call the global plantation for a while. And they obviously have a use for us, at least up to 2030. Then after that, of course, uh, we're not supposed to be around anymore. And they bring in their wonderful utopia, no doubt high-tech, and more efficient types of humans to serve them. That really is what they're talking about. After all, you see, they've proven they're the fittest to survive. They own everything already. I'll be back with more after these messages. Folks, we're back in Cutting Through the Matrix. I mentioned uh, a video some time ago called The Soviet Story, and it's an excellent uh, expose of another side of Sovietism, which, of course, wasn't put across to the West. It was carefully shielded, of course, from the general public because eventually they were to become our pals as we merged together and the wall was to go down. They said that the dictatorship would only last for about 70 years or so, or a generation, and pretty well that's what happened. Then it was to merge with the West and bring in a system not quite capitalist, not quite communist. That was the idea, and that's what Lenin talked about too. And that's what we have. That's what we found out at the Rees Commission from the U.S. Um, when they commissioned the inquiry into the tax-free foundations, the congressional inquiry. And, um, and they, found, they were told that by the CEOs of Ford Foundation and others, their job was to change the culture so that eventually down the road it would merge. The West would merge with that of the Soviet system. And that's what's happened today. You're under a form of Sovietization and you don't even know it. Most folk don't even know it. That's what indoctrination in school is about, the greening and all the rest of it. That's what the whole idea of Agenda 21, communitarianism, is all about. They're living in it and they don't know it because different terms are being used. But it's the same MO. If you see a disease, you learn the symptoms of the disease, and that's how you track and, and name the disease. It's always the same disease with the same techniques. Rather astonishing, really, for most folk, they can't believe this can actually happen. But organization, and there was nothing more organized than the communist uh, uh, system, yeah, organization can make it happen. And we know that the foundations are a pyramid. They run on a pyramid style, so they can certainly... Um, run the whole darn show, and they certainly do. They're parallel government. They also put their own guys into government, of course. They have their, their presidents and prime ministers have been members of the Council on Foreign Relations and its previous names, the Milner Society and so on, uh, from the late 1800s to the present time. So it's no surprise to me and those who've studied it uh, as to why, why we've gone the path we've gone on and how things are happening the, the way they're happening. And... Another side of uh, the, the, the communist era, as I say, it's a disease that never changes its form and its belief system. Because it's a belief system, remember, based on dialectical materialism. And everyone gets reduced down to an animal because they incorporated into it Darwinism. Very important part, of course. And that's strange, of course, that Darwin just happened to be there at the same time as Marx in London and all the rest of it. 
and uh, they, they got together and combined the two. It's very fortunate all these coincidences down through time, the right people are in the right place at the right time to form a whole new way of living or dying, depending on how you look at uh, the, how the communists progress with it. But there's another side of the story too, because a lot of the people in what became the Soviet Union were Muslim as well. And from a Muslim perspective, with a lot of excellent footage, you'll get a good rundown of communism and how they ran their system according to rational uh, uh, materialism or, or idealism, I would say, rational reason and so on. Uh, they believed that, that scientists should run the show. Even when the scientists were crazy and their theories were crazy, for sometimes 40, 50 years, uh, ideas or theories like Lysenko's theory that they could freeze seeds uh, in cold water and make make them evolve so they could plant them up in Siberia. Although it never worked for the whole period, anyone who, who objected to this theory was literally, uh, they lost their jobs and at the worst they got killed. And that's how they dealt with it. Anyway, it's the same thing with global warming today. Every scientist is on board. They're on board too with um, Darwinism, of course, and all the rest of it. And that, again, is all communism. The same techniques are used. You're ostracized if you don't agree. So tonight I'm putting up a, a link on cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and it's called The Bloody History of Communism. It's 14 parts, and, and one of the, the links I'll give you, and three parts in another link as well. And it's well worth watching because it's excellent footage. It's got a deeper insight into a lot of sides of communism that people didn't suspect. It goes through some of the history of communism and how they blended the Hegelian dialectic along with the Darwinian theory of evolution and Marxist as well, the Marxist idea. Supposedly Marx was a, had created a science that was infallible. As I've said before, when they couldn't find uh, the working class would support them, in the West they created minority groups and led them instead. And then they split up. They actually created them by even splitting up male and female and then getting the feminist revolution going too. That was part of it. So now you've got another group who will come out under your banner and so on. These were all techniques that were, were planned. And in the West, a lot of it was to do with the Frankfurt School, of course. That was They had to flee from Germany when Hitler came in. They had two strikes against them, these people. And uh, they were Marxist, and they also came across to the U.S., and some of them got jobs as professors in universities and continued from there with the knowledge of the president and the CIA and everybody else. And right through to the 70s, some of them were publishing their books to keep promoting this. So Marxism has never died. It's an essential part of this dialectic um, progress we're going through, this forced progress, change. Change is good. That's another term they use, of course, as well. So I'll put it up, The Bloody History of Communism, and you can watch that tonight. And uh, I'll put also put a, a link up to a CBC radio show from Canada where they go through the effects of the, the radiation that comes off, the electromagnetic radiation and microwave radiation that comes off the cell phone towers by people who live in high-rises and who had all these antennas uh, planted right above their heads on the roof and what happens to them. And you can listen to that for yourself. At the end of the audio, of course, CBC brings on the scientists who waffles around trying to justify it and, and say it's harmless and at the same time he's telling you it can be deadly. So <laughs> it's up to you how you want to think about that. But think about it, you should. Again, the big contracts of the world that we're running, because nothing you're presented with is real. As I say, they were intent in removing the guy in Egypt, the head of Egypt, for a few years, in fact. 
If you go back to the New American Century group, that was a bunch that Bush and uh, Cheney, Wolfowitz, and all the rest of them, Rumsfeld, belonged to. They had a list out. They wanted to, a country, so they wanted to take down Afghanistan, then Iraq, then Iran, and then Syria. And you find out, and, and of course they went on about Egypt as well, was iffy. So uh, here they are in Egypt. We find out the plan, these NGOs, they've been funded from Europe. I'll be going into that tonight as well. In fact, our tax money uh, is funding them right now, these NGOs. These are, these are veteran Marxists, by the way, uh, and some of them are also mercenaries. They've been sent over there to make sure that it goes the way it's supposed to go. It's all planned. And then the IMF, of course, has pop, said they'll pop in afterwards and take the country over just, just to get them into uh, uh, eternal debt, as I've done everywhere else. This is how the game is played, for those who don't know it. But also they play on our ignorance in, in other ways too. Most folk don't know we don't go around the sun in a perfect circle. They really don't know. So, you know, they think that somehow the seasons are supposed to be classical in some way, some, in some novel fashion, uh, classical, uh, and that it's always the same. And here's the right month, and out come the buds and the leaves and so on, uh, and, and trees, etc. And that's how things happen, supposedly. And the weather is never, ever the same, really, from one year to the next. And every so often you have these mini-cycles of, of hot and then cold, and sometimes you have a really bad snowstorm, and you might have it fairly easy for the next few years. That's how it normally is. But if you listen to the headlines today, everything's a crisis, isn't it? It's a massive crisis. Here's an article from the Mail Online. America braces for new snowstorms as country digs out from bomb scene blizzard. Bomb scene blizzard, it says, of ice and snow that crushed buildings and killed 12. If you haven't had one of these storms for 20 years or, or, or even less sometimes, the rafters in the attic and support systems and old roofs can't handle the snow. And they fall, you see. They crush, they fall in. In Canada, where you get a lot of snow all the time, in the winter time, then you have to go up there and scrape off the excess snow because there's an awful lot of weight in that snow there. Awful lot of weight. And if you don't maintain your roof, then it will, it will cave in. So anyway, it's a bomb scene blizzard, of, of course, nice and snow. And everything's worded to be crisis, crisis, crisis. As his snow ice predicted across much of the country for Saturday, at least 12 dead as most recent storm causes chaos in 30 states. That's not a lot for, 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 for a storm, believe you me. There's more folk killed on the roads leading up to storms than, than actually die going through them. And I, because of the ice and so on. And they drive as they normally drive. And then temperatures plunge to 30 below, I guess that's centigrade since it's a British paper, as last storm passes. Hundreds of thousands of people without power, and then they cancelled air flights and so on. Worse than 50 years of touting it. Most folk can't remember two or three years ago, never mind 50 years. So that's a good lead up to it. And it says, as a dead, the two-year blizzard finally passes, huge swathes of America must now brace for more snow and ice. Over the next three days, as a storm brewing in the south and Texas is projected to move north by Saturday, dumping even more snow on top of already record, record-setting record accumulation totals. And it won't be record-setting at all. But how are you to know, you see? They tell you what they want to. And as I mentioned the other night, too, ever since they created the weather station for 24-hour neurotics, to, to sit there and shiver in front of where a couple of millimeters uh, of, sn- of rain be- ends up being a flood, you know, according to them. And they tell you what to wear that day and all the rest of it. Uh, I knew that they were going to use the weather as, as a big crisis thing, which, of course, they are. 
Well, guess what? Guess what? How ties into that? E.L. Rothschild LLC acquires a majority stake in the Weather Central LP. It says Rothschild LLC, a private investment company led by Chairman Sir Evelyn de Rothschild and CEO Lynn Forrester. That's the same ones, de Rothschild. That's the same ones that bought all the farms uh, in India uh, after they bankrupted the, the farmers and, and uh, they couldn't uh, grow their own stuff anymore. Now they're putting all their GMO stuff in there. Anyway, because they also own uh, the big GMO company. It says, they announced today that the signing of a definitive agreement to acquire a 70% interest it says, in this company. It says, um, and, and whether Central LP, the world's leading provider, the world's leading provider of interactive weather graphics and data services for television, web, and mobile weather centrals, highly accurate, blah, blah, blah. For Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. So you got a lot more scary stories coming up, folk, with when you get a drizzle. Sogarmy crisis. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, just talking about Evelyn de Rothschild and Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, who've bought over 70% of this weather information provider that supplies all news for for TV, radio, and so on across, especially North America, but the whole world, but North America they concentrate on. And it's it's astonishing, too, to say that that, um, these these same guys are, are the ones who came forward uh, over in Britain and announced the, the setting up of their bank, their private bank in Switzerland, the personal family bank, to be uh, the place that all carbon trading had to go through for for all the, uh, the saving of CO2 and so on. Uh, just amazing how they wrap all together. And here they are now going to give you your weather, which will always be crisis from now on, I can guarantee you. It's already in that phase, but it's going to get stepped up a few paces as well to convince uh, the people at the bottom who just watch television with their, with their mouths open, convince them that, that, oh, we've got to cut back and do without heat and food and all that kind of stuff. Your standard communist stuff that they bring in uh, across the world. So you see that other video, as I'm mentioning tonight, too, that I'm putting up at cuttingtreemates.com. From the Muslim point of view, great footage, and it explains too in a little bit of detail what communism is based upon. You'll see the MOs, the theories behind it. You'll see that we're under the darn thing today. We're really under it today. Different terminology for the same things. And by the way, in that video, they also show you uh, how they, they brought in mass famine twice. Famine's always used, always used to justify what they do. And Lenin actually used that, the famine, and he thought it was a great thing, a great thing that had happened, the famine, because he said it would turn the people who were all starving and millions died, he said, I'll turn them to us for help, you see, give them more power. Uh, so that's how much Lenin really thought of the ordinary people, nothing else. He actually despised them. They will see that in the video too. But we're living in such deception today, and most folk unfortunately have been, have been trained to be ignorant and the media has kept you in a state of ignorance. As I say, even growing up in Britain during the, the supposed Cold War, I never heard any school go through what communism really was all about. 
and I didn't hear any expose of it on any of the media, as though it didn't exist. It was a strange thing to happen. I thought, well, if this is the worst enemy supposedly that's faced us, we should know all we, we can about them. But there was nothing. You know, there's nothing at all, really. Because it was meant to merge, as I say, and it has merged. And when the well went down, the same guys who were in office in, in the Soviet er, er, regions and the different countries end up joining different parties, calling them something else, and now they're running the economic union, the parliament for the whole of Europe. Amazing. They all know that, though. Everybody, everyone knows it. All the multi-trillionaires around the world know that because they want them in to bring in this new, more efficient society with their big plans. Now, last night I mentioned, too, how these, the soft power, the NGOs, are funded with their mercenaries, professional mercenaries and agitators. They fly them in from all over the globe, really. And um, they, they organize the students to retaliate and, and agitate from within. They've used them in Iran and elsewhere. Uh, Brzezinski's mentioned them as a great technique to use and that he's involved in the use of them, especially in Iran. I'm no doubt in here too and, and, and what's happening in Egypt. But yesterday I mentioned a link, I put it up last night, to what the Polish Prime Minister has said. It says, from this article here, uh, Belarusian opposition groups won pledges of 87 million euros. That's $120 million from donor nations. That's tax money from Europeans. The tax money. Wednesday, at a conference organized amid moves to put the squeeze on President Alexander Lukashenko, he's next door to the Polish government, you see, the Polish people. It says, Poland, the host of the conference, they have conferences now for NGOs, in which neighbors, uh, Belarus, said that Lukashenko should expect to face the kind of popular uprising, should expect to face the kind of popular uprising, right? It's a paid uprising, popular uprising, they call it, that has swept the Arab world as he announced the figure to journalists. Summing up, I can say there will be 87 million euros in aid, and most of these are new resources, Polish Foreign Minister Radoslaw Sikorski told reporters at the gathering. Perhaps examples of Mr. Ben Ali, Mr. Mubarak, and others will make President Lukashenko reflect that the path he's chosen is not the best one for himself personally, Sikorski said, referring to the ousted Tunisian leader and Egypt's embattled president. So they're using these professional agitators that they fly in and the professional organizers that they fly in as well to get the students all going, always promising them freedom, mind you, always promising them freedom so that the IMF can come in afterwards and basically keep them in perpetual slavery, as they've done elsewhere. So it says the 36 nation solidarity with Belarus, it says, was the first of its kind to focus on bolstering financial support for Belarusian NGOs, the independent media, students and others who have fallen foul of the regime. But what they're not mentioning is they fly them in because they've flown them in already into Iran and elsewhere. It was even in the paper at the time, I read it on the air, that the CIA, mainstream I'm talking about too, that the CIA had brought in the NGOs and trained them and put them into Iran to start the demonstrations there. Well, the same thing has happened, of course, for Egypt and um, the other countries that are going down right now. And here's a, a prime minister threatening to use them, using tax folks' money. But it's not to bring in peace and, and harmony and all the rest of it. What country ever has been given that after these characters come in? It's never happened. It's never happened. They'll get them some cheap manufacturing, grab all the resources, because all the big boys come in. The international bankers are the IMF. 
the international moneylenders are the IMF, folks. The same guys are giving you the news. Back with more after uh, this break. I'm talking about the weather news. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And, you know, is there any, is there any reason at all why we're so dumbed down today? I've gone through before the food we're fed now really isn't food. And the inoculations we're getting have had so much of an incredible detrimental effect on us that people really are sluggish and slow. Never mind all the problems they end up with, with their, with their allergies and their arthritis and uh, asthmas. Which has skyrocketed too, and uh, autism, etc., etc., etc. This is warfare. This is warfare. This is what you do when you don't want a, a population to think uh, clearly and rationalize things for themselves and reason things out for themselves and take action as to what to do about things. If you want to dumb down people to be obedient, that's what you do. Then you can do anything with them at all, you can demolish them. And you can drop them blind through taxis until they're like Britain where a lot of folk are dying as we speak because they can't afford to heat their homes anymore because laws are being passed, of course, to cut down on CO2, etc., supposedly. We can afford to be like bankers, but we can't afford to, to dish out fuel vouchers to these poor old folk. After all, they're old, you know. They should really get euthanized, shouldn't they, under you know, this, this proper communistic system now of rational reasoning and uh, they don't produce anymore, so bump them off. I mean, that's just the rational, commie way to do things, isn't it? Swine flu vaccine likely causes child narcolepsy, a new study finds. That's wonderful. Helsinki, it says, children injected with the pandemic swine flu vaccine were nine times more likely to contract narcolepsy than those who were not vaccinated. A preliminary study by Finland's National Institute for Health and Welfare showed Tuesday that will get snuffed. It will snuffed quite, quite fast, believe you me. Currently, the most likely explanation is that the increase in narcolepsy is by joint effect of the vaccine and some other factors, THL said. The Institute stressed its preliminary study that more investigation was needed, but said young people aged 4 to 19 had a manifold increased risk of falling ill with narcolepsy if they had been inoculated against swine flu with pandemics. Finland launched an aggressive inoculation program against the H1N1 virus in 2009, but last August THL recommended discontinuing the use of pandemics until the study whether it was connected to a sharp rise in the instance of narcolepsy cases in the country, especially among children. No, it was just uh, one of these things they catch from each other. It was nothing to do with the inoculations. You know? The European Medicines Agency also launched a probe into the suspected connection. Narcolepsy is a sleep disorder which causes extreme fatigue and often results in the patient falling soundly asleep without warning, even in the middle of an activity. Terry and older folk, this come down with chronic fatigue syndrome. Anyway, doctors in Finland reported a more than tripling of narcolepsy cases during the swine flu pandemic, and THL said the risk of falling ill with narcolepsy among the vaccinated in the 4 to 19 year age group was ninefold in comparison to those unvaccinated in the same age group. So, I'll put this link up as well. All these links I'll put up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the show. And 
Another little bit of good news too is because we're all international and global now and owned by the big bankers, uh, is that uh, they're finding so many ways to end what was called the nation state. We already heard the little dictator of the European Parliament say that it was the, it was the end of the nation state. I read that on the air at the time from the European papers. And they're doing it also by, guess what, cyber war rules of engagement. And this article came out from the BBC, Proposal for Cyber War Rules of Engagement. And you scroll down their usual stuff, how they've got to keep us safe and safe and safe, peace, security, safety, etc., etc. But but then it it says, the draft document also calls calls for a fresh definition of nation state. Let's redefine what a nation state is with new territories and players in cyberspace beyond government, such as multinationals, NGOs, and citizens. And his proposal also says that ambiguity about what constitutes cyber conflict is delaying international policy to deal with it, and that perhaps the idea of peace or war is too simple in the Internet age when the world could find itself in a third other than war mode. Well, here they go again, redefining regions and doing away with nation states, and eventually you'll have an international police for this. And again, because as they say themselves, it's all very ambiguous, then they'll also really go for what they're really after, and that's the science they don't want up there at all. They'll get pulled off, obviously. That's what really all this, this kerfuffle is about, all this deception is about. And... I also want to touch on the yeah, I mentioned before how the IMF always goes in to the, the countries that they set after they send in the NGOs or actually get a civil war going. And it's so amazing here. The IMF raises specter of civil wars. These are the guys who cause it as global in- inequalities worsen. The International Monetary Fund has warned that dangerous imbalances have emerged that threaten to derail global recovery. What, what recovery are they talking about? and stoke tensions that may ultimately set off civil wars in deeply unequal countries. Uh, it says, Dominic Strauss-Kahn, you know, the IMF's chief, it says, the guy who was also head of the CFR for well, said the economic rebound across the world is built on unstable foundations, with many rich nations still... I wonder who's rich now, eh? Maybe it's China they're talking about. Strapped in job slumps while the rising powers of China, India, and Brazil already face the threat of overheating. It's not the recovery he wanted. It's a recovery beset by tensions and strain, which could even slow sow the seeds of the next crisis, he said. Well, you're darn sure it will, because these guys help plan it all. Global unemployment remains at record highs, with widening income inequality, adding to social strains, he said, citing turmoil in North Africa as a prelude to what may happen as 400 million youths join the workforce over the next decade. That's his little dig at overpopulation. We could see rising social and political instability within nations and even war, he said. So it's published a paper called Inequality, Leverage and Crisis arguing that the extreme gap between rich and poor with echoes of the U.S. in the late 1920s was an underlying cause for the Great Recession from 2008 to 2009. They're such hypocrites, these guys. But again, it's doublespeak, isn't it? We live in doublespeak. We live in doublespeak. Nothing is what it seems to be. Most of the the things that comes out of the United Nations is 180 degrees from what what the title would suggest to you. These are the guys, as I say, who have put dictators in across the world in the past, the IMF. This is a cabal of global international lenders. And once they get in to take over a country, they never let it go. And if they do ever let it go, or are forced to, or pretend they're letting it go, they leave an incredible massive debt to themselves, which are the banks that they own. 
So they're, they're quite the, the hypocrisies, but IMF and is, is quite the bank too, a banking system, along with the World Bank. And they work with the, the, the Bank for International Settlements. They're all part of the same group. And the Bank of International Settlements is the way that, that um, Carol Quigley, who was a CFRS historian, said they would bring in this global society with, a, with one banking system across the world. They're already doing the books for the European countries. They don't care about nations anymore. This is what they want, is this global system of peasantry. And they've certainly helped to keep uh, peasants in line and lots of them for generations and generations now across all the, the, the countries in the world, third world countries where they get slave labor. It's just amazing that the hypocrites that they are, how they get away with it, just astonishing. And... Uh, but they do, don't they? They get away with it. Now, in Britain, there's a bill before Parliament, and it's so interesting because I mentioned before how Britain's selling off its forest. I'll put that link up again tonight. They're going to privatize and sell off all the forest to the highest bidders. doesn't matter where they live across the planet. And uh, they're also cutting back on all the foot pathways, except that the public were supposed to use forever and ever and ever, the commons, etc. They're doing away with all of that. And so this bill has been put in now that they're selling off the forest, just coincidentally, of course. It says, a bill to empower the Secretary of State to abolish national park authorities and for connected purposes. You see, when the, the private boys take over, which they're, they're doing, uh, then, of course, they won't be subject to all the laws and rules uh, that you had to be subject to when you lived near these forests or you had access to these forests and all the rest of it. In other words, they can do what they want with them, except you won't be allowed to go through them at all. I'll put this link up tonight as well. And um, I'll also put the link back up again that I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago where they started protesting when Gresdale Forest's uh, sell-off plan was announced and uh, that was from the BBC News as well, uh, when people were demonstrating and have a rally to protest against the government's plans to sell off the woodland. Everything's being privatized. You know, the Rothschilds were the one too, by the way, Lord Rothschild, who brought forth the bill in Parliament, the British Parliament, to privatize the roads. And, of course, he gets first dibs at buying them. I think the M6 now has just announced, too, that they're the first toll road in Britain. Eventually, only the rich will be able to drive in the future, and that's what they want. That's what they want. Their CO2 is different from yours, you understand. It's much, much different. And when they want to burn part of a forest down for, to, to actually help nature, that's holy smoke going up. That's not CO2 and carbon. Oh, no, it's holy smoke. Big difference, you see. For Some people just have a different touch to it. They're, they're closer to God, it would seem. Now, there's Jay from, from Ohio on the line. Are you still there, Jay? Hello? Hello, Jay. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear yes. me? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Oh, beautiful. Oh, wow. Okay. I had a question. Um, somewhere I heard Karl Marx, he was um, financed by the big boys, so to speak. Is that yeah. That's true, right? Yeah, it was true. Although they get, always give you a mystique about their founders, you always get foundation and myths, they call them for any movements or even the birth of countries to give you a founding myth. And and it's, so, it's very typical with Karl Marx, for instance, that he was, he was poor and, and, and all that kind of nonsense. Utter rubbish. I mean, his best pal was one of, was one of the richest guys in, in Europe who owned factories all over the countries. 
um, angles. So he, he was anything but poor. You know. It's kind of like the Rothschild stories where they start off that they, they collected rags and stuff in the ghettos. Uh, this is the official story they give you, and that's where the rags to riches story comes from, that rubbish like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, the, the deception is just, like, extremely thick. I would never have, have known that, you know. <laughs> well, Marx also belonged to, to the young Hegelians, and you have to look into the other members of the young Hegelians and what preceded them, because Moses Hess was part of that too, and it's a form of... Um, Initially, it was actually started by uh, Moses Hess, who came to the conclusion uh, that certain groups or even races or even religions had the duty to force a messianic movement uh, and bring in this new order. It was, uh, and he tried to tie it in with their history. And this group, uh, along a lot with different schools, it formed like the Frankfurt School uh, and uh, the Vienna uh, Circle and Gluten School as well. Uh, all worked towards this Marxist theor- theology. They all got together and backed, backed up Marx eventually. Yeah. It's amazing how this small clique, it, it seems like they all come from the same area, like this. Uh, oh, well, they did all come out of uh, Prussia and Germany, the German uh, areas, Germanic areas. And even when they first took over Russia, they were not called communists uh, because all the leaders who came in uh, and to take over the Bolshevik party were all, they all spoke German and they called it the German movement. And even when uh, they sent Trotsky over uh, to New York and he lived, because he was born there, eh? they sent him back there to try and get more people to, to join up and go over and fight in Russia. Uh, they, they still called it often the German, uh, Germanic movement. You know. Wow, just amazing. And one other thing, I think a lot about you know, shedding the matrix. Um, you had mentioned that in a reply email one time. It's, it, 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 it's amazing, you know, when I think, you know, we're trained to watch the expert, listen to the expert, and it's like you're, um, we're, the attempt is being made to force us to lose the, our instincts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, I, I, you know, we have the answers within ourselves. It's, it's amazing, though, how easy it is to, um, or at least some, for some people, it's easy to force them to give that up. And, and I think when you shed, you know, I, I'm, I still consider myself to be pretty novice. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, I'm absorbing tons of information. Um, but it, it, it's amazing what you can do when you turn and look to yourself for, um, the answers, I mean, the teacher, will, the right teachers will come to you, you know, and you'll know who they are yeah. when they show up, but it's, it's amazing. But it's amazing once you, once you understand a certain amount, and then you can, suddenly you, you'll find, or eventually one day you'll find your mind is working for itself, again, as it should be, and um, you can draw your own conclusions by your own experiences, because that's all you can go by, never mind what experts say or any groups say, or try to get you to say, you must go by your own experiences and your own memory of what's happening and the outcomes of the cons have been pulled in the past as opposed to what they, they told you they were fighting for or pushing for. You see who benefits. And it's the same trick over and over and over again. And uh, as I say, collectivism and communita- community. How close to communism can you get when you call it communitarianism? Mm-hmm. 
And it was George Bush Sr. who first publicly used that as a, as a president to the general public. He called it communitarianism. And the, and the public couldn't connect that in communism, uh, you know? Right, right. I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes I, I, I see how, like, I've, and I had a decent education, you know, but um, I, I'm amazed when I, you know, I hear you and, and Alex and others are able to critical think, and I'm like, wow, you know, I, I don't, I don't know why I never could. I'm learning how to do it. I'm finally figuring it out. But well, remember Brzezinski said that the public were being trained uh, not to think for themselves, and and he said the time is coming, and that was in the 70s, so it's already come. But the time is coming when they'll be unable to reason for themselves. He said they'll expect the, they will expect the media to do the reasoning for them, and the media will not do. If the media wants you to be green and all that, they'll, they'll push and push so you'll be green. But anything else that they should be telling you, no, they won't tell you at all. Uh, in other words, we do leave it to the media to tell us, be upset about this or don't be upset about that. You know, we leave it to them. And that's the trick that they've pulled already. Most folk expect the media to tell them when to be upset or to be worried. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're, you're right. And, and there's a lot of things I see through. Just and it, it's it's fun to do. You know, well, it shouldn't be fun to do it, but it it feels good to. It feels good to be able to to yeah to dis, to discern what's happening in your own lifetime and the whys that the things are happening. Otherwise, you understand. Uh, once, if you if you could only see Britain, how dejected the country is now. Totally denationalized. They don't know what they are anymore. Right down to the individuals who are now being told not to even know what kind of gender you are. That's the latest part. Make you totally, they've destroyed ev- the family, the nation, the, 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 your community, the family. Now they're after the individual. That was all part of the communist strategy too of creating the chaos and then bringing out the new order. You must eventually destroy the individual. Individualism, they said, was anathema to their system. The collective mind is what they're after. But thanks for calling. And, uh, and call again back after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. As I was saying earlier too, divide, conquer, divide, conquer, divide, conquer. As I say, all the way from the nation state down to the community. Destroy it. Uh, things they used to do for each other and help each other out. No, the state takes over. And then once they've destroyed that all the way, they bring in, again, the privatization of the system. And then, you're, and then volunteerism. And the volunteerism is managed, of course, by the NGOs. And the NGOs are the new Soviet. The new Soviet means rule by councils, folks supposedly, ideally, from civilian society. It's a more perfected Soviet. But as I say, divide, conquer, right down to destroying the family unit, one of the planks of the manifesto. And we've had years and years of that, years of that. Well, here they go further. British, make sure they just eradicate the last vestige of it, because anyone who can escape this, they must be mute. British High Court expands domestic violence to include shouting and criticizing. And it says here, uh, it's hard to overstate the reach of the British Supreme Court's ruling in this case, the Daily Mail, the first, the 27th of January. It was announced on Thursday, and from that date, all aspects of domestic violence law have been completely changed. Prior to the court's ruling, the word violence in British law related to domestic violence had been interpreted to mean physical assault. 
Thursday's decision expands the definition of violence to include an astonishing and entirely unprecedented range of behaviours. Raising your voice at a husband or wife or a boyfriend or girlfriend now counts as domestic violence under the landmark Supreme Court judgment. See, France already did it, and everything that happens now in Europe gets across the board to every country. The decision also means that, that denying money to a partner or criticizing them can count as violence. How about taking too much money off the partner and bringing down draconian domestic violence penalties from the courts? The case arose when a woman applied to local council for housing separate from that from her husband. She did so based solely on her claim that he was violent towards her, but when the council learned that he had never been physically violent, it turned down her down and she appealed. So she went to the Supreme Court. It means that British taxpayers will get to provide housing for the woman, not because she's in any physical danger. No one, not even she, claims that. No, the reason she gets a new place to live in is that she says her husband shouted at her, a claim he denies. She also said he didn't give her money for household expenses. So that's another nail in the coffin because, as I say, uh, it's the first thing that they teach you in psychology and uh, in the higher psychiatric psychodynamic courses you can't put two people together without the occasional tiff. It just doesn't happen. So uh, it's guaranteed to go a lot further. And, of course, the big foundations and the NGOs and uh, the various groups have formed will push for it and, and enforce this too. And so you'll be stuck on your own for life. And that's what they want because then the state's in charge of you, you see. And then your local community commissar will be in charge of you for other aspects of your life too. Tonight I'll try and put up another little video it's called Birthright. It's worth watching for your little communitarian area and what it'll come down to in the future. You can see it in the U.S. It streams on uh, on one of the streamers uh, in the U.S. I think it's called, uh, was it, I don't know if it's Fuji or whatever it's called, but it, it streams in the U.S. I can't get it in Canada. Uh, I don't know elsewhere. But anyway, I'll put the link up for those in the U.S. to watch it. It's a little reminder of what's coming down the pike, because as I say, the leopard never really changes its spots, it can camouflage them, but the MO of the disease is always the same, Marxism is Marxism, and the big IMF boys and the money boys just love it, after all they funded it from its very inception, in fact they, they were the creators of it in fact, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, all your gods go with you.